You are listening to Smaller on the Outside, the first, best, and only 24 podcast that you just can't miss. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and visit our webpage at sotopodcast.wordpress.com. following takes place between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. on the day of the California Presidential Peace Treaty. Yeah. Welcome to Smaller on the Outside. My name is Dave. I'll be your CTU agent this evening. And with me, as always, is the analyst. Andy. That's right. Now we're on to season five of 24, which is always fun. Um, But, of course, we have to start off with our bi-weekly announcements um first uh, announcement is that stitcher apparently is taking our po- podcast older downloads uh and it puts it onto their server so you can find our older episodes all the way up to the eighth episode of season one of smaller on the outside which is cool uh but we're still going to be uh releasing our full seasons on our our website as well for you to download and all that fun stuff but it's a lot smarter than iTunes because you'll you won't be able to listen to old episodes on iTunes. So we mentioned also before about 24 having a comic book linking the events between the eighth and ninth season, and the news just uh, came out that there's going to be a new 24 novel called 24 Deadline, which is uh, occurs only one hour after the eighth season's finale. And on Barnes & Noble, it's listed as 24 series number one, hinting at uh, a complete series. Uh, but don't know if it will carry on in the same format as 24, like 24 Declassified, or if it will even have the 24 format. like, Or if it's just a story, a Jack Bauer story. So there's no word on that yet. Um, the author is James Swallow. And he was not one of the declassified writers, so there's a lot of reasons to think that the book itself is going to be a lot different. Uh, 24 Declassified was a prequel series, 20, uh, 24 Deadline will, will probably be a sequel series, and I'm interested in seeing when that's going to uh, come well, out. Well, it would only be a sequel if the show doesn't continue. The, uh, the book, I think, comes out uh, August... So it's after, um, you know, season nine. Well, I know, but if there's a season ten, it won't be a sequel series. It'll be a prequel to season ten. Right. It, it's 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 a sequel series uh, to bill, the bill, bill. original Twenty Four complete series. The actor, which I just learned because somebody told me this, that the actors who portray Bill Buchanan, Bill, Tony. Almeida and Edgar Styles, all five, uh, all three act of these actors are in this season of 24 that we're going to be talking about today, and they will be at the C2E2 convention in Chicago around April 25th, uh, the weekend of April 25th, and it'd be awesome to go see, but we don't have any money, and it, there's a slight chance that the conference itself would be spoilery for to, for Live Another Day. Also, I want to mention that it is possible that if we didn't talk about 24 this season of Smaller and Outside, we could have been talking about Veronica Mars because we were watching that at the same time. We were going through the series in preparation for the Veronica Mars movie that was just released in theaters and on demand. We did create a video review for the movie, which you can find out uh, find on my movie uh, review website DaveExaminsMovies.com or on YouTube uh, username IAMDWG and that review is basically like a uh, small on the outside episode itself it's pretty much like a video podcast (laughs) but it's like a review so um, it's done a little bit differently Uh, by the way we keep running into problems with smaller on the outside technically speaking uh, last time, we plugged the microphone into the wrong socket, open up a socket, and after that, my computer completely fried for the episode after that, but I did back up everything, so we were able to edit and post and get everything hunky-dory. Uh, so, wow. hopefully, this week, uh, this episode 
we we won't run into and in and to any more problems except for knowing how to speak that too yeah we got some problems with that but we can talk about now the fifth season of 24 otherwise known as the one with the nerve gas President David Palmer was shot just a short while ago. Jack Bauer is back. Someone out there knows I'm still alive. They're setting me up to take the fall for Palmer's assassination. And the only thing you can be sure of... I'm issuing an executive order for the arrest of Jack Bauer. ...is nothing is what it seems. The fact that you're alive presents problems for both of us. Yes, Mr. President. Now... The only thing more shocking than how his day begins... Terrorists are in possession of a weaponized nerve gas. Now it's being used against civilian targets in Los Angeles. ...is where it will end. Jack is innocent. He's being set up. Set up by whom? We got the evidence. You understand what this means? We're talking about taking down the President of the United States. Catch the fifth unforgettable season on DVD. Don't miss a second. Uh, some some uh, setting up. Let's set up the season. First of all, Jack has been hiding uh, out not too far away from L.A. He's just faked his death uh, about 18 months prior, and he's uh, been going under this uh, pseudonym of Frank Flynn, and he's been living with this mother and child, not child, teen, um, who hates his guts. <laughs> um, David Palmer has been writing a memoir with his brother. You know, presidents, they uh, they often write their memoirs, and he's uh, in Los Angeles at the moment. Um, I can't remember why he's in Los Angeles. <laughs> Just randomly. Because they're always in Los Angeles They're always for in no Los reason. Angeles for no reason. And he has something important to tell some important people like the, the first lady and we just don't know what that is quite yet uh tony and michelle are living happily but not ever after charles logan he is still president and he's married to a psychopath well a person with some uh, emotional problems unstable she's unstable yes um and he's preparing a peace treaty treaty with russia at the moment there's not many new CTU agents, actually. The most are from are the same as day f- uh, four. We got Bill Buchanan, you know, Edgar Stiles. So most of them are... Oh, Chloe. Chloe Kurt, Chloe's been there for a while. Curtis, they're, they're all um, from day four. It's almost the, the same thing. Same thing with the White House. You know, you got um, his staff is the same, identical um, to day four. The, the new guys are Spencer, which is Chloe's new boyfriend, um, and uh, Lynn McGill shows up a little bit after the season has started, and he's played by you know the, Sean the famous uh, Sean Astin, Samwise the Brave, and of course the most famous new uh, character this season for CTU is uh, Senator John McCain. <laughs> so uh, he he uh, John McCain loved the show so much he decided. You know, I'm gonna show up in the show. He he got a little cameo, a non-speaking role where he lays a folder down on a CTU desk, and that happens during one of the split screens in the season. And if you don't, if you blink or are you're looking another way, you're just gonna miss it. By the way, we've been talking about this. Whenever they show the split screens, yep. like like four different shots at once, you look at one of them. And it's just some, some one of the characters just like staring blankly into nothingness, or or you know looking at a folder, <laughs> or or just you know you driving of, yeah, for a few minutes. How and, that's directed? Yeah, the director's like, okay, now I want you to stare blankly into nothingness <laughs> for about fifteen seconds. Right, right, right. Jack, <laughs> look angry, just for a few seconds. Good, thanks. Do they do these all at the same time, and they're like, all right, you do it, you do it, you do it, or is it just, like, random? I don't random? think they're planned. I think they're just like, okay, let's throw in a few random... I think it's behind the scenes, actually. I think <laughs> these are just shots of, like, Kiefer... In between takes. Like, Kiefer reading his lines, trying to memorize the next uh, scene. I think that's what it really is. <laughs> um, so the, there's three acts to this season. 
Last season it was four and it was overbearing, but this season's a little bit better with three. Um, and the first one uh, is more or less uh, pretty much a preliminary act. It was just to get an audience riveting for the next season. It was four episodes and it was the you know oh, it was dang. it was the mm-hmm. premiere. It's the four hour premiere. Um, and basically it was all about Jack coming back because the people that actually knew he was still alive, which was Tony, Michelle, Chloe, and David Palmer, were all targeted for assassination, um, and it had something to do with bringing Jack back, sort of, but not really. That's what everybody thought, but I don't think that's what was going on. Um, the first thing that happens in the season is David Palmer gets shot by a sniper straight through his neck through a window. <laughs> Just like that. All that... You know, crazy things that happened with David Palmer for the years, showing how great of a man he is, and then he he just dies just like that. And it basically nullifies the whole season one because the whole season one was about saving David Palmer, and then they just kill him without giving a chance to get him saved. Right, and then the same kind of thing happens to Michelle. You know, she's an awesome character in season two and season three, and season four she's all right, uh, and then season five. She just goes out to the car. She She's finally with Tony, you know, and they're finally happy for once. They've been through a lot of crap. And she goes out to her car to get something or go to work. She's or going to work. She's, and going, then, she's going into CTU, I think, actually. Yeah, and she, she goes out there, boom, the car blows up. She's dead. Tony goes out to look at her, and then a secondary explosion sets off, and he's in a coma for most of the season. If you'll notice, whenever there's any big explosions, there's always more than one explosion. Um, and that's because in 24, they can't use slow motion. Yeah, it's in, real time. They in, can't do slow in motion. In normal TV shows, they would just slow the explosions down so they can last longer. In 24, they just have to go boom, 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 boom so the explosions last longer. Right. They have more than one explosion to do that. Uh, yeah, and t- so Tony's caught in the second explosion, but he's not dead. He's just in a coma for... A majority of the season. I wouldn't say a majority of the season. As for Chloe, there's a bomb in her car awaiting her too, but she's managed. She manages to escape it because she hears about uh, Michelle blowing up, and so she escapes that and calls Jack asking for help. She's saying, "Every Palmer, she knows. She knows about Palmer. She's like, uh, listen, Jack. Everybody that knows you're still alive is getting." knocked off one by one by one I think you need to come here and save us all um, especially because David Palmer your, your good friend he just died you need to come back and you need to uh, do what you do um, so Jack stops being Frank Flynn and he decides to board a helicopter and fly back to LA which isn't too far and it turns out you know this kid who's been living with him Jack is living in the guest house and this kid who lives in the main house kind of follows Jack to the helicopter. He's suspicious that that Jack's that Jack up to is no up good. to something. Yeah. And then he he kind of witnesses Jack pull out a gun and and obviously Jack's up to no good and Jack can't uh risk this kid blurting out his uh, mouth before Jack's able to do anything that he's supposed to do. So he kind of brings the kid, kind of kidnaps the kid and throws him into the helicopter and they're both off to LA. Which is kind of stupid. He should have just probably tied him up <laughs> and left him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just left him. Just call his mom and say, "Hey, you know your kids." Uh, yeah, wait a few hours. Wait till everything's all good, and then say, "Hey, uh, your son's tied up at this power plant or whatever it was." But here, at, at this point, we're like, okay, you know, the one thing that's been missing in the series is a, a level of personality. Uh, and by the time that this series has started, you feel a lot more personal with the case because they're all killing these people, and you know it has to be because of Jack. They're the, these are the people that know he was alive. Not only that, but Palmer is, like, Jack's best friend, and him dying is, like, this is personal. This season's personal, and it brings back personality to the show. The killers had followed Chloe up to this point, so when Jack arrives at scene, there's killers awaiting him, and then there's this big old shootout. And then this assassin uh, claims responsibility for actually killing Palmer, right? And then Jack kills him, yep. which is 
so bad for his reputation for the rest of the season. It really wasn't the greatest idea. He should not have re- killed this guy. It was a revenge kill. It was a revenge kill. Um, that guy could have helped so much with clearing Jack's name and and you know solving who was behind everything very quickly if Jack had only brought him in. Yeah. So he and Chloe uh, investigate the scene of Palmer's execution, all stealthy-like, and, and then he has to get Wayne Palmer on his side because Wayne thinks Jack's in on it because, of course, at this point, Jack's the main suspect in David Palmer's death. His uh, picture was faked on uh, security footage, basically saying this is the Palmer's executioner, Jack. <laughs> and he was killing Palmer because... Uh, he was fearing that Palmer would whistleblow on uh, Jack's livingness or sure. whatever. And so Jack has to prove his innocence. Which he could have done, by the way, if he didn't kill that guy. <laughs> but Palmer's computer, he, he finds uh, Palmer's computer, which he was writing his memoirs on, and uh, it somehow sends, uh, gives him the location of uh, the airport it was in the memoirs. The There was an encrypted page in the memoirs that had um, some of the information that Palmer had, and they decrypted it, and it led them to the airport. Yeah, it, it basically, it's he's supposed to investigate someone that might be linked to his death or whatever that's why he was killed, and then he's suddenly thrown inside of a hostage crisis at the airport itself, which, by the way, the kid that followed him, turns out to be a hostage himself too because he's he's a kid and he slows everything down for Jack. <laughs> Stupid kids. Um, but CTU ends up working with Jack uh, on it and helps stop the terrorists. One terrorist in the whole situation gets away and he's kind of shows what the rest of the season is going to be about which is about nerve gas. Um, nerve gas canisters. Syntox nerve gas. And uh, that was the first act, and I really liked the first act because I think this was one of the best openings 24's ever had as far as uh, uh, four-hour premieres or two-hour premieres go. This was a really good one because I didn't feel like it felt like an act or anything. I felt like it was all still leading up to the nerve gas thing. And the nerve gas thing was the main act of the season by far. Um, And... The most memorable part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, like you know, first season was the presidential assassination. The second season was the bomb. The third season was the virus. The fourth season was just Hubby Marwan. And <laughs> fifth season is not nerve gas, obviously. That's what it is. Spencer, we find out, is C- uh, a mole in CTU. He doesn't know he's a mole, though. He's working for Walt Cummings. Yeah, Walt Cummings is in the the White House, so uh, basically Spencer thinks he's actually working for the White House, but instead, you know, Walt Cummings, he's dirty, and, and he's actually the one that he, was part of planning the whole thing. He was selling the nerve gas to the terrorists in hopes that the nerve gas would explode um, and kill the terrorists before they could attack the Russians, which I think is what the plan was. No, the idea was... At least what he claims to be. That he claimed that he he had this remote detonator for the nerve gas, and it would just kill the terrorists and not affect anybody else. And what happens is the terrorists find his remote detonator, and they reconfigure it, or they get rid of it, or whatever. It's now in their yeah, hands. It, the terrorists were going to take the nerve gas, and they were going to put it on a ship to... Uh, to go over to Russia, where the terrorists were planning to uh, blow up probably people in the Russian government, I'm guessing, with nerve gas. Yeah, it was all about Russians here. And instead of that, the plan was that the nerve gas would go off on the boat, I think. Yeah, on the shipping container. Or wherever its destination was, like where the terrorist headquarters were or something like that, they would... They would set off the nerve gas, um, and all the bad guys would die, and then that would um, help them secure oil or something. Yeah. So that was basically the idea of what Walt Cummings was trying to do, but he was doing it behind the president's back. Is that right? (laughs) 
from what we understand. <laughs> I mean, they weren't working together at any point. Uh, well, not because that scene. As far make, as Walt Cummings knew. Yeah, as far as Walt Cummings knew, they weren't working together. And Jack uh, connects the dots and says, you know, Walt Cummings was also ordered the hit on David Palmer. He, Walt Cummings did say that in the show. He did order the attack on David yeah. Palmer. Walt Cummings was directly responsible for directly. that. Directly. He was the one that was directly. Uh, yeah. Logan wasn't. Right. Um, Which means he probably was also directly responsible for ordering the hits on... Uh, you know, Tony and Michelle and Chloe as well. Yeah. That's what you kind of have to connect the dots for yourself. It doesn't really say. After he confesses his crime, he hangs himself, or so we think. Uh, and Jack <laughs> goes undercover as a terrorist. He acts like this guy that that knows how to uh, reprogram the remote detonator thing. Right. And he's, he's supposed to fix it so that they can detonate the nerve gas the way they want to. Right. And and CTU tells them to. They said, tell them the right code so they can... Yeah, CTU wanted them to actually set off the nerve gas in the mall so that they could keep tracking the the um, terrorists, which so, would take the, them back to the to, rest. To the rest of them, and then they can stop any other future attack. But Jack couldn't let them release this nerve gas yeah, in this not big in crowded Jack's mall. DNA. <laughs> yeah, like, he couldn't do this. So he, he gives them the wrong code, yeah. and they figure out how to do it anyways. They they have a secondary option which is probably like messing with some kind of wires or something and that, that sets it off. Right, and so the nerve gas starts beforehand, going in the beforehand uh, it was gonna be a remote detonation, this time it had to be a manual detonation. Right. That's and the difference. That was the difference. Uh and then they and so this nerve gas is going into the ventilation of this mall and it's starting to uh, kill people. But Jack is he he puts on a mask and he stops the nerve gas and uh he evacuates the mall. Some people die, but it wasn't like 800, uh, which was the original number. Yeah. And what happens is one of the terrorists escapes, and he decides to follow them, right? And Lassie. Lassie from Psych is the terrorist, <laughs> Lassiter. Um, but once they follow his, him to his location, he kills himself, and they're kind of back at square one again. Hey, Jack, if you didn't kill that guy in the beginning, you'd never have all these problems. Just saying. <laughs> oh, um, there's this guy that uh, Walt Cummings was talking to on the phone, um, and he decides to and agrees to turn himself into CTU for protection. But he uh, and he would give information too, but he dies uh, when Jack comes to his protection. But he gives them information. He gives him a chip that yeah. has information on it, which leads him to Mr. Henderson, which was the guy that recruited Jack in the first place for CTU. So we already and know. And he's yeah. the guy, he's one of the guys that Jack um, accused of being crooked. And being a mole. in season, <laughs> not really being a mole, just doing things illegally. Um, like in season one, there was like, I think he said three people that he, he got fired for doing, uh, being crooked cops basically. Ah, crooked, yeah. Crooked yeah. CTU agents. Um, so this this Henderson guy is the guy that recruited him. Now the people who are responsible for the nerve gas are threat threatening to release more if the White House doesn't give them the Russians' motorcade route, which Logan, by the way, happily hands over. But <laughs> CTU does its job actually and actually stops the attack from going through because they figured it out you know their their counterterrorism. They found the terrorist they plot. They actually did their job. And they well. did their... their it's kind of cool to see both sides. Yeah. To see where it started and CTU just doing their job and, and finding out the motorcade route was about to be attacked and they stopped it from happening. But the guys with the nerve gas, were, they, they took offense to that. Their next uh, attack with the nerve gas was on a hospital, which was like an episodic threat, and it was done within like 20, 30 minutes. A hospital? Yeah. Oh, they were they were going to attack the hospital, but they failed because Curtis got uh, got it out of there and into a a, a sealed container before. It yeah, blew. along with Chase's hand, <laughs> it was still there. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they uh, they stopped that from going on. Lynn McGill is there by this time. That's that's Sean Astin's character, and he's the character of this season that has the cra crazy sibling 
family problems. Uh, his sister's uh, a drug dealing kind of. And she's a druggie. She needs his money to get on her feet, quote unquote. Uh, but he decides to go out there and give her the name of a psychiatrist that'll help her. And she and her boyfriend kind of, no, her boyfriend attacks him and takes his key card. Yep. And his uh, this this guy. Well, he takes his whole wallet, but the key card was the goal. Right. And then they they're like, look at this key card. We can make a lot of money on this, so we can you know buy more drugs. And so they sell this key card on the market, and of course it falls into the hands of our our season's terrorists. And so CTU is the next target for the nerve gas, and that's the biggest target of the season because nobody knows well, it's, it's going to happen. it's not technically the biggest target. It's not the biggest threat, but it's the most uh, most memorable. Right. Um, so he doesn't ever... Lynn never even reports his card stolen. I don't know why. <laughs> he just he, doesn't. He said he was embarrassed. He was embarrassed. Okay. Well, at this point, uh, Lynn's character, this is more of a subplot, but he kind of grew... By the way... Isn't Lynn a girl's name? It is. Okay. Uh, Lynn is a girl's name. Lynn McGill. <laughs> By this point, uh, a subplot of the season was that Lynn McGill never felt like he was his authority was taken seriously, and he grew power-hungry, and he started doing things that he shouldn't have. He kept forcing people to do stupid things because he wanted to feel authoritative, and people kept on looking down on him. Um, so he... He got arrested because he was doing stupid things that was uh, impeding on he didn't national get arrested, security. arrested, he got... He, well, he sort of got arrested, but what it was was they were taking over his position, basically. He, um, they were holding it, him, it was yeah. Bas- it was basically what happened with Palmer in Season 2. Yeah. With the uh, 25th Amendment, except with Lynn McGill. Because, you know, with Palmer, they took him out of office and then held him for a while. Anyways, while he's in holding, the terrorists come by claiming they are him, right? And then they set a canister of nerve gas down in their ventilation system, and then they try to get out of there. Jack stops him, um, and then they find out way too late that there's a canister of nerve gas releasing as as we speak. And, and everybody dies. Practically everybody dies. Uh, Jack, uh, Bill, Chloe... Um, Kim's now there. They're all dead. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Kim showed up this episode, by the way, with her new older boyfriend. Uh, man. All right, Chase is out of the picture for no reason at all. Other than the actor probably just didn't want to come back. Right, especially for one episode. And True. they are all put into this uh, sealed room. We didn't know C2 had these sealed rooms, but apparently they do. And they're safe for the time being. But the problem is that this... I think that's understandable. And uh, this nerve gas, by the way, uh, kills Edgar. Chloe. He's the main uh, CTU uh, agent. You you recognize that actually dies. Um, the problem is this nerve gas has a corrosive agent, right? And it's starting to eat away at the seal. And within like five six minutes they are going to die it's going to go through and well, everyone's going like to die 20, but... so Jack has to hold his breath and go out into it and stop it but the problem is he can't actually get to the computer to stop this virus or this virus well, he could get to it but it would take him too long he wouldn't be able to hold his breath long enough basically is the idea Right. so he has to get the person who's closest to it to do it for him which of course is Lynn McGill <laughs> He says, listen, Lynn, you can, you know, you've been a freaking jerk throughout the season. You can uh, make up for that by killing yourself and going up there and turning off the ventilation system and uh, sucking out the air. And he's like, all right, I'll do it, Mr. Frodo. And uh, (laughs) he holds his breath. He goes out there. It's a suicide mission because he has nowhere to go after with this. He goes there. He dies, but... He saves everybody else. Yay! He's a he's a hero. So Lynn's dead, Edgar's dead, and one this is all over. Tony suddenly wakes up and he knows that Henderson is the guy that was responsible for Michelle's death, right? Because <laughs> why is everybody has to be blamed for the main threat, which was killing Palmer and Michelle and all that. Mm-hmm. Um 
and before, you know, it was this random guy that Jack kills in the beginning, and then it was Walt Cummings. That guy now, was hired by Walt. Right, and then, then it was Mr. Henderson, because Henderson hired Walt or something yeah, like that. So it, it keeps on showing the chain of command. But who was Henderson hired by? We'll find that out later. Basically, uh, Tony tries to kill Henderson, but he just can't do it because he's a good guy. Um, and then Henderson kills Tony, or so we think. You know, they they draw the um, blanket over his face and everything. They call him dead a few times in the season. But there, there was, was no not silent there clock. was not a silent clock which led people to believe he was still alive. Um, in fact, he is. He shows up later. Another couple. Spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but it's it's funny because in the episode he comes back on. They, you see Carlos Bernard in the in the uh, about thirty seconds before in the, ti- in the main, main titles like most pe- yeah about thirty seconds before. But most people up. knew he was coming back in that season. He was in the trailers, yeah. Yeah, so. it was so stupid though. He was in the trailers for like over a year before the season came back because of the writers' strike. They thing. clearly killed him off. Yeah, they clearly killed him off in this. I season. I don't think they clearly killed him off. They they made it definitely feel like. You, you should think he's dead. Yeah, but there's no reason for him to fake his death at all. There was no reason for him to fake his death, right, but there was still reason for you to think he might have faked his death because of the lack of a silent clock. If he was really dead, Tony would get a silent clock. He deserves it. Anyways, Henderson gets away, basically. He stabs Tony and gets away. And then they find out the next target for nerve gas is going to be the biggest one ever overall because they're going to take the rest of these nerve gas canisters... Or at least all but one. Um, we don't find that out till later. But all these canisters in a gas company, right? And they're going to just release all these <laughs> to everybody. So that's the big, you know, technically that's the most threatening aspect of the nerve It's not gas. like the one that we remember the most. It's not the most memorable, no. But in real life, that could have killed hundreds of thousands of people. Right, they were going to just release it to everybody. So everybody that gets their gas... Businesses, residents, everything. Everybody that gets that, their gas from that gas company basically would have been infected by the nerve gas. and it, So it would have been a big problem. But it was But Jack quickly. stops it by blowing up the gas company. Yeah, so it was over fairly quickly. And that was basically the end of that act and then we get into the second act and we find out no, that the third yeah the third act we find out it, it starts with Wayne Palmer going to CTU because um, the president's wife's assistant was emailing he president Palmer he doesn't go to CTU he goes no, he to goes, the presidential retreat yes yes he he goes to the presidential retreat in Los Angeles he's saying you know Martha has, uh, Martha's assistant has been talking to Palmer. I want to know why. Basically, her her kid was kidnapped, and she was working with the terrorists. And then Jack has to help her free her daughter um, from Henderson's grasp because he escaped and everything. Um, and we find out that the person behind everything, right, was <laughs> not... All this time... Uh... They had been hinting that it was probably the vice president, but it ended up being... being Charles Logan, the president of the United States, is crooked. He he is a crook. Now this is one of those <laughs> things where it's a little iffy. He certain there was certain scenes like when he was um, talking with Walt Cummings alone, where he it seems it doesn't really make sense. Here, here's what you think of uh, of Logan at this point. He's not the best guy in the world. He makes stupid, stupid decisions. He can't ever make decisions on his own because he's a wimp. He's not evil. He was never evil, though. He was. Yeah, so, so personality-wise and some of the decisions he made with Walt Cummings especially, like when they were talking, Walt Cummings came out to him saying that he had been working with the terrorists and this whole conversation with um, Logan made no sense. It made no sense. it was only those two people in that room, Logan could have been like, all right, all right, Walt, don't worry about this. I know exactly what's going on. Right, yeah. Um, If if it was just those two people in the room, that's how the conversation would have gone. In the second act, you're thinking, as stupid as he is, he's still patriotic. 
Now, they explain that away in future episodes, saying they were trying to put the blame on Walt. So, basically, Charles was was not planning to reveal himself to Walt, just in case. So and it was on. almost that, but he was also, you know, it was trying to also say that he was still making stupid decisions by following the terrorists, because uh, they were... He believed that this was still in the best interest in the country. Not entirely sure how that is, but... He he's the one that was kind of responsible for Palmer's death, for selling the nerve gas to the terrorists, for all of these terrible things. And as the season goes on, you see his darker side really emerge um, completely. And Jack has to basically get proof that uh, Logan's bad. And there's a tape, a tape recording uh, between Logan and. Henderson, um, that implicates that implicates his uh, role in today's events. Uh, he he finds it and he's he gives it to the one person he can trust, which is Secretary Heller, who decides to give it to his own security team member while he tries to blackmail the president. And Jack says, "No, you can't trust him. You can't he make wants, a deal with him. He, he doesn't want a big public spectacle." He doesn't want, you know, the press to get a hold of this. He wants the president to quietly step down. He doesn't want to make the United States look weak by uh, having a bad president. So he tries to blackmail the president into stepping down quietly. Yeah. Um, Jack got the tape back from from uh, Heller's uh, security, yeah. And Henderson forces him to give him the tape back because he slits uh, Audrey's arm. Uh, her artery. Her artery. And she's bleeding to death, so Jack hands over the tape and saves Audrey's life. After the whole blackmailing thing, Logan forces Heller to resign. Kind of a big slap in the face. Yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting away with this. So, Henderson got away with the tape, and then Jack finally caught up with him. Henderson had the tape, and he was making sure he got away with the tape. If he didn't, he would kill Heller with the helicopter guy that was chasing Heller. Heller drove off the road saying, Jack, you get that tape back, right? And and so Heller drove off the road, uh, and then Jack asked Henderson where the tape was. Henderson said he didn't have it anymore. That's when That's when Jack had to go after the plane. Okay, so Jack went after a plane that was taking off. He knew somebody on the plane had a tape, had the tape. And so he sneaks so under the... He didn't the, know who. He didn't know who. He sneaks under the plane, and he, he uh, takes the, uh, the flight security dude out, and he starts interrogating people. But it's later learned that the actual owner is the co-pilot, which was just changed at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And Jack gets in there... And he basically gets the tape pretty quickly because the guy wants to live and and everything. And the the plane is turned around and it's headed back to L.A. The president... The president's talking to this Bluetooth guy. (laughs) We're just calling him Bluetooth guy because we know absolutely nothing about him. Basically, this... uh, This guy's behind everything. This guy is behind everything because there's always somebody else. Yeah. That's behind everything. Well, else. he's working with the president. I don't know if, if any of if the president is above my him. my working theory is this guy figured out that Logan's a wimp and can be yeah. uh, persuaded in any which way, and he found a way to contact him and make him do his doing uh, his he dealings. He probably convinced him to help him out. That's yeah. That's the working theory. He he's he's pretty much is the guy behind everything, and he got Logan to do everything and to be taken down for him. Yeah. Um, but he's been dealing with this Bluetooth guy, and he's and this Bluetooth guy is telling Logan to shoot down that plane because Jack Bauer can't be caught with that tape. because it implica- there's like a hundred innocent people on it. Yeah. But there, uh, but, but basically it's like this, is, this plane is hijacked... Uh, and it, it's, it's between national security. You have to shoot down that plane. So that was what they were going to do. But Jack decides to crash land that plane onto a highway. The graphics weren't amazing, but it was still pretty exciting for a network TV show. Oh, yeah. And he gets away with the tape, and he brings it to CTU, 
Only at this point, this uh, uh, homeland security guy named Miles, he's growing suspicious of what's really going on in CTU. He's like, okay, we got you got uh, Chloe, and you got Bill, Bill, and you got Jack. All three of these people were arrested, and n- none of them are being questioned. And it looks like uh, what's her name? Karen Hayes. Okay, so Ka- no. Yes. That might have been last season. No, that was Aaron Driscoll. Okay, so Karen, so all these three people are ar- arrested and not being questioned, and Karen Hayes looks like she's helping them out somehow. And this guy's like, what the crap is going on? Yeah. And so she decides to tell him. He's the uh, Chappelle of the season. Yeah. There's always a Chappelle of the season. So she decides to tell him what's going on because she knows if she waits any longer, she's going to be in trouble. Yeah. Um... But he, but he, he contacts the president. I don't know how he gets the president's number. Oh, he calls the White House and they get patch him through no, or pre- something like the, that. At this point, the president thinks he's done for. He knows the evidence is in CTU's hands. Yep. He hears that the attorney general's been called yep. for a conference. He's ready to kill himself. <laughs> he's yeah. He's about he, he's about to kill himself. And then he gets a call. Um, he gets a call from Miles, who's like, "Listen, I want to intervene because I don't want your presidency to look like crap. I think it's a national security uh, disaster. I think if I step in, would you help me out here?" He's like, "You will be remembered. Do it." <laughs> and basically, he he does it. He erases the tape with a magnet, and then he's transferred to the White House. Yep. And you're and like, that screws up everything. <laughs> All this tracking down the tape for nothing, and this is <laughs> and this is how the writers of Twenty Four decide to keep kick things into gear a little bit. The guy who is responsible for the nerve gas randomly escapes CTU, and he's back t- to well, he escapes CTU because when... there's a random mole. There's a random mole in CTU. Are you talking about Bierko? Bierko escapes CTU. Okay. And there's like, there's another nerve gas canister. Let's use it. And they go to this submarine, and they use it on the submarine. Which is pointless because they didn't need to use it on they the submarine. They never needed to use it on the submarine. They could have just shot their way in just yep. fine. Just killed the people on there. They're just engineers suppose, and stuff like that. I suppose it's safer because then it kills everybody at once instead of having to do one by one, I guess. But I really, it, it's unnecessary. I guess they just wanted to use the nerve gas It was a very, very filler subplot because what happens is they get on the submarine, they want to eat... It's funny, though, because they kill everybody with the nerve gas, and then about five minutes later, they take their gas masks off as if everything's just fine. I guess they explain, like, they purged out the the nerve gas, but... They wanted the submarine for a missile to shoot San Francisco for no reason at all. San Francisco was one of their targets. They had a few different targets. Yeah, but it's dumb. It's so dumb because this is what could have happened. There was like 12 missiles on that thing. It, it doesn't It doesn't matter because this plot was pointless. After Jack takes care of it, which is in like 20 minutes, seriously. Well, no, the I, idea was that this is Bierko. This is his final chance to get back at America. For, that was already done. Betraying him. Bierko's final chance was already done. He didn't need to escape. Jack, after Jack, Jack takes down this thing in 20 minutes. I tracked the time. He, they get onto it. Jack takes this down all 20 minutes. And then he's like, no, I'm going to go after Logan. He could have done that as, as soon as the tape was erased. He didn't was, have to go after Bierko. Bierko was done for. His story was done. No, it was a big, well, yes, but Bierko escaped and there was a, still a threat. I think they, they needed to have more of a threat than just uh, just getting justice for the president. I think they wanted to have more of a uh, yeah, imminent threat for that. The imminent threat was already done with. That was the that was the nerve gas. We already done done with that. And they said they're gonna release the rest of it at this gas. And now there's another one. They wanted to go- give it one more send off. Basically. It was dumb, though. It was the dumb thing of the season. I don't think it was super dumb. I think it was unnecessary, but it, it was still a fun little threat. Anyways, after that happens, Jack's like, you know, I'm going to go after the president. I'm going to make him... I'm going to force a confession out of him, make another tape where he uh, implicates himself. But, of course, for some reason, Jack's strong tactics to <laughs> coerce confessions doesn't work with Logan, and his wimpy nature is... 
suddenly strong, and he doesn't say a word. Uh, but Jack places a recording device on the president without his knowledge. I think that was the idea the whole time. Um, that was his backup plan. I'm pretty sure Jack did want to get a confession out of him if he could, but he knew there was a good chance that that wasn't going to happen, so he put the recording device on him. And basically, he implicates himself later on when he meets Martha. And notice notice um, uh, Mike says to Martha, he's like, Jack didn't get a confession out of Logan. And so then suddenly Martha starts going crazy saying, you killed David Palmer, you can... And, and then that leads uh, Charles Logan to talk to her in private. I think that might have been part of the plan to begin with. That um, that if if Jack didn't get a confession, that she would do that. Yeah. That they would have a private conversation. Possibly. Like she was in on that whole private conversation being recorded thing. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, but basically, he go- he he uh, goes into a um, a private room with her. He he slaps her. He tells her that he's going to throw her into an insane asylum and drug her up so she doesn't even remember who she is and then he does he confesses everything that he's done because it was for the good of the country or whatever um and then the next he he does a, he performs a eulogy for David Palmer and then he is taken away i'm actually surprised i didn't i, I thought i would we would see the next president by the end but we didn't but the very last 10 minutes of the season jack's finally found by the chinese um, after so long, and he's taken hostage, and that's a cliffhanger ending of the season. And the season's done. Um, the, the subplots, uh, basically, um, Martha has her crazy problems, that, and nobody's going to listen to a crazy person, a lot of that stuff. Um, well, we didn't talk about the, the, uh, <laughs> the prequel. That's right, there was a prequel. Um, that was the one with... It was with, a lame prequel. It's better than last time. Yeah. Uh, basically, he was in Chicago. He was decent. He was yeah. in Chicago? Yeah, he was in so Chicago. He was in Chicago. He was still in the run. He had really long hair. He had a mullet. Um, and basically, there's we can see that there are people after him. There's that person on the <laughs> motorcycle finally showed back up. Uh, and he basically kills some people, and he gets back on the run again. Nothing really happens. All we know is that somebody knows he's alive. That's that, that's the idea that that somebody now knows he's alive, and that kind of leads into the season. Yeah, that's so. That's the connection there. I think the next prequel is better than the other two. Um, along with From what I remember, the subplots. Uh, basically, uh, we've you know there's a whole thing about Charles Logan being being a bad guy. There's the Jack, Audrey, Diane love triangle in the beginning of the season. Um, <laughs> well, th- they never specifically said that that Diane, like he and Diane were going out, did they? It was pretty much definitely implied. Yeah. Uh, the There's the peace treaty thing with Russia that was uh, very important for the season, but it, 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 it kind of strives away from it sometimes, but just remember the whole time, it is about this peace treaty. It is about Russia. Yeah. Um, that's the whole motivation behind the terrorists. They they didn't want that peace treaty to happen. Um, and there's a, a big a, one of the bigger ones was that Homeland Security took over CTU. Yeah. Um, after the whole thing with the nerve gas uh, attacked them, they're pro- pretty much incompetent, and finally Homeland Security took over. Um, Miles being creepy nonstop. That's a subplot. Uh, <laughs> And then there's a whole thing about the Chinese embassy that is kind of uh, unresolved. They, they, I wouldn't call that a subplot. They they mentioned it once at Logan's place and then the last scene there, too. But the, the whole idea is him coming back, and he's like, he says it a few times that after this I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disappear again because the Chinese are still after me and I don't want to put anybody in danger. Right. But then he decides to keep working with CTU, and he understands the problem with that. Now, as for characters, the new characters the season for the CTU were uh, Lynn McGill and Spencer, and I would say that for for them, they weren't super great. They were um, kind of unmemorable. Uh, Lynn McGill was more memorable uh, for his power hunger, and uh, I don't know. He, he wasn't that great either. I mean, he was Sean Astin. And that's At cool. The first few couple episodes he was in, he actually 
played a good role that he noticed the uh, distress signal that Jack let yeah, out that's because true. it was an old distress signal that nobody knew anymore. But so he did a good job there. But after that, he was pretty much a piece of crap. He's a piece of crap. And uh, <laughs> as for Chloe this season, this is Chloe's season. Yeah. This is where she showed up. Uh, I mean, the Chloe that we all know and love. last season, too, when she came back. A little bit. But for this is what you're... Uh, even from the beginning, you're like, oh, man. she's she's This is her character. It's fully developed by this point. Yeah. This is what we want. Uh, Edgar's still there, but he kind of fit better as a background character. That just kind of complains a lot sometimes. And he's kind of perfect for the guy who's still arguing with Chloe and babbling and all that. And, uh, and of course, he's most memorable for his death scene, which is really Chloe, Chloe, <laughs> sad. Um, <laughs> Charles Logan. Here's what I said. I said they did a really good job at making Logan his own character. I think they had Palmer as the ultimate pre- uh, president, the truly good man, and then they gave us Keeler, and they noticed he's so bland that they killed him off. Uh, within a few episodes. After being on a plane for 16, 16 hours. hours. And then they gave us Logan, the essential opposite of David Palmer. He's small, he makes bad decisions, he's angry all the time, he's easily easily suggestible, and he, he married a good woman instead of a bad woman, <laughs> Palmer's bad woman. And he's all around just a bad, corrupt guy. And you love to hate him, though, because he's really good at his role. And later down the line, we're... We we are given a woman president, and again that's more like a triangle. You know, you got the best president, the worst president, and then we got the woman president. <laughs> well, she. That's great. David. It's a triangle. They're very different characters, all of them. Yeah. Um, and they're very good at diverse characters. Actually, all around the map. See to you, uh, the presidential characters, the terrorists. They're all usually pretty well casted and and very well developed. That's one thing that this show has going for it. You have another similar thing of uh, David Palmer and Charles Logan with uh, with Wayne Palmer and Noah Daniels as well. A little bit. Yes. Um, Audrey, uh, even though she's very well known in the 24 universe, I only remember her in one season, and she's in at least three, which is a complete <laughs> shock to me. and I'm, I'm, I can't even express how shocking say, that I'll is. S- I was originally thinking, like, one full season and maybe a few episodes of the, of the second yeah, season. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. But I was, I'm was i actually completely shocked. <laughs> this is not how I remember Roger's character at all. And overall, I think season five got a whole lot better uh, than it was. It's one in, of the best seasons. I, th- I said it started off with a bang, and a four-hour premiere that I would personally consider one of the best of 24 has had. Um, it had had everything originality and explosive opening that threat uh, personal connection for Jack Chloe was finally the Chloe that we know and love and it had plenty of burning questions firing left and right and it finally felt like yes Jack is back but so was 24 uh, then the second act reminded us how 24 sh- season should go the premiere almost seemed like a preliminary threat solely to get the audience ready and gearing before they introduced us to nerve gas. Now, as the series goes collectively, you remember season one for the kidnapping of Terry and Kim. Uh, you remember season two for the nuclear bomb. You remember season three for the virus, and you remember fifth for the nerve gas. And season four is completely forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but what I will say about day four is that it's not memorable. The most memorable part of day, f- most memorable part of day four is Chase's arm getting cut off. <laughs> I want to say that necessarily. I will say this: that it works very, very well. Wait, that's day three, isn't it? Yes, day three. Never mind. I will say that day four works very, very well as hand in hand as far as characters and storylines go for day five. Day, day five. Four is, day four is the prequel to day five. Day four is the prequel <laughs> to day five. Day five. None of the great things of day five could happen without day four. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Sort of. So I, I mean, think day, I think Day Five can stand on its own. You know, it's got strong. Audrey, it's got you know the Bill, Bill. Edgar, Curtis, it builds uh, on Logan, uh, his uh, even Walt Cummings was in season four. Yeah. Uh, Mike comes back. All this stuff is like it builds on the best 
parts of day four, but makes them way better. Season four story sucks, but it leads into season five, which is really great. So let's talk about our compare and contrast up to this point. We had uh, our original um, things were best season overall. I said day two. You said day three. What do we say now? It could be day five. Um, I'm, I'm on the fence between day three and day five because... I don't know. I, day um, five had a few missteps in the sense that the I think the Charles Logan twist was a little over the top, didn't exactly feel right. But then again, day three had the same thing with saying that Jack was behind the whole um, virus, the setting up the virus. Yeah, that was dumb. Yeah. So day day three and day five are very similar. For for me, I I, I had trouble thinking. If it's going to be day two or day five. Because um, I thought day two was almost perfect in every way. But then you got the cougar thing that everybody complains about still. Um, even though that was a half hour. I'm thinking it might be day day five just because of how cool Charles Logan is. You know, he's bad guy, but he's he's a good bad guy. I'm I'm putting it out right there now, right now, that best season overall for me is day five. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I thought the opening was perfect one of the best openings oh, yeah, ever sure. ever in 24 i think still is um and then it goes to the go the nerve gas i and nerve gas is a really really good threat mm-hmm. i like it more than a virus the virus um true the virus i think was more in real life but the virus would be a bigger threat um because it can spread right and um, the nerve gas is something that's it's scary when it first right, hits, right now, but it's gone after that. It's not so much the threat; it's the uh, how it's presented. I think. Yeah. Um, it's not as bad of a threat as any of the seasons, but well, it's be- it's better than the first. <laughs> as no, far the as terrorists, wasn't really terrorist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as that goes, uh, I think season five's got to be its explosive opening, really good threat. And then the characters are really a really, good. really interesting last act, too. With the, I mean, how many shows or movies can you get with a bad president? Yeah. So th- the whole thing put together, I think, was really seamless and very well put together. I actually really loved the fifth season, mm-hmm. which is funny because the fourth was so bad. Um, <laughs> They're like, we did so many bad things. Sometimes you have to learn from your mistakes, you know? The last time we said... Uh, up to this point, we said that the best threat was the virus. I think that's still probably true, uh, threatening-wise. Like I think that's... It... I, I still think that's true. I think that it's that, and it's also the fact that it was there for 24 hours. Yeah. Um, which is... It's really hard to beat that. Um, the best Jack? What season do you think? The best Jack? See, I don't know. I, I uh, That's a tough one for me. I said day two because that's where you really get to see his uh, his change. I think I'm gonna stick with day two. I don't I I don't pay enough attention to that kind of aspect because to me Jack is Jack and he just always seems the same to me. I don't know. <laughs> he was really good. Season five is probably my second favorite of his character, um, but I think in the terms of what I want to see from him is his decline in humanity. But this is kind of still the same. Um, he kind of he faked his death. Yeah, he, his daughter's kind of despising him at this point. But as far as humanity goes, it's uh, he did everything this season for the right reason. But he did kill two people out of vengeance. True. Um, season three, he killed Nina out of vengeance. Nina. Um, but. The he had some a couple of vengeance kills in this one, which is kind of showing you the decline of his humanity. As far as Jack goes in general, I still think I like season two the best as far as his acting goes and his character. Uh, what's the best written one? We I think we still see say season one, uh, but season five. Um, no, season five might beat season one. I don't. I don't know. Season with the, with the character development and the. The tension between, like, with with Logan and his wife and Aaron and Mike and uh, 
Yeah, there's some really, really good characters this season. There's some good writing with them, too. So I, I think yeah. season five might beat season one because of that. Yeah, I might have to say that, too. Say, uh, day five might be the best written one. Um, where season's day four, not even a question. But what's the best non-Jack character? And don't say Chloe. Best non-Jack Chloe character. Chloe doesn't count. <laughs> Why does Chloe not count? Because... Chloe's like an extension of Jack. It's gotta be Logan. You think Logan? Yeah. Alright, yeah. Um, my favorite character, hands down. Bluetooth guy. <laughs> <laughs> Bluetooth guy. No, my favorite character, hands down, is Aaron Pierce. Yeah? Aaron Pierce, sir. He wasn't in enough for me. Uh, he His character... I like him. His character kicks butt this season. Like, he's in every season... And this is the one where you're like... Oh, yeah, this is definitely Aaron's best season. This is his sure. best season. Mike does a really great job this season, too. I um, think Mike redeemed himself this um, season. Yeah. Uh, of course, Chloe's the best, but she's like an extension of Jack. Logan is very, very cool, too. But there's the whole thing about uh, the reality of him being behind the terrorist attacks. That kind of sets me off a little bit. It's cool. It's really, really cool, but I the think, reality, I don't know. I think the character is handled well, regardless of the writing. Uh, uh, the twist, even even though the twist doesn't seem to make sense, they do cover it. They do explain things pretty well, a lot better than Season 3 did. Um, so I still have to stick with Logan. But I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say Aaron. I love Aaron. Aaron's an awesome dude. And his, like, chemistry with uh, Martha's weird. <laughs> But it's it's all right. It's it's all right. I understand it. But it's like <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. all like, "Hold my hand, Aaron." All right, Mrs. Logan. You wanna go get some ice cream? I like the scene where where Aaron finally realizes what's going on with the president. The president tries to, you know, say, you know, we can cover this up and and. And Aaron's not having any of it, and he doesn't call him Mr. President. He, he calls, calls him, him Charles. Charles. He's like, like boom, I, that's, I, a, that's an insult. You know? like, I don't think so, Charles. He calls everybody very, uh, very formal names, Mr., Mrs., Ma'am, and stuff like that. He, he, uh, he doesn't normally call people for by the first name. He's called Jack Jack. He's called Martha Martha. Uh, but it was when it comes down to presidency. <laughs> You don't call a president by his first name. Right. He never called... It's very clearly an insult. To Palmer was, you know, was a great friend of Aaron's, and he never called him David. That yeah. would have been, like, disrespectful. So he called uh, Charles. <laughs> he called Charles Charles. So... I think that was a great scene. There, There's a lot of great Aaron scenes. You can actually see how good of the, an actor this guy is. Um, even though in all the movies he's ever played in, he's pretty much the same guy, <laughs> same character. Yeah. But he's a good actor. He really is, and he uh, he kind of shines in this season. Yeah. So he's got to be my favorite non-Jack slash Chloe character. <laughs> Chloe is an extension of Jack. Bill's pretty good, too. Bill is good. I think he's he was better last season. Really? Yeah. Well, no. No, this season he was really good too because he was fired and then he kind of worked uh, with Jack and Chloe. Yeah, that was really cool and bringing him back like that kind of uh, showed how power. A lot of non-Jack characters were really powerful this season. Yeah. Um, that's why this is one of the best characters. Curtis seasons. was underused. Curtis was barely in the season. I mean, yeah. he was there, but he just was almost background character. Yeah. Even the uh, <laughs> I like how the. Uh, the red shirt guy even had a scene. <laughs> you know, he had a scene where we get to care about him. He has a family, and we get to watch him die and feel sad for him that we've never seen before. And he's in there for like 10 seconds, and we're all like, oh, no, not the red shirt guy. So that was uh, that was uh, season five, day five, the nerve gas season. Um, we'll catch you next time on April 14th uh, with day six uh, discussion um which should be interesting because i don't really remember the threat of the next season we should mention that when we were watching uh 24 on netflix yesterday i noticed that it said 
um, available until April 1st. Yes. There's a possible... I, I didn't check to see if it still said that today or not, but if it's if that's true, that means 24 might be going off of Netflix on April 1st. Yeah. It, it's... I mean, I've, I've seen Netflix uh, stuff uh, that's on instant stream have, you know, their expiration dates, but they usually renew it sometimes even in the, on the last day that it's available. Yeah. Like, they call up Fox and they're like, listen, we're taking uh, 24 off unless you want to renew now, it. See, I, Googled, say, yeah. I Googled this. I couldn't find anything about this year, but I found one from like 2011 saying it was going to expire on April 1st, and then they said, edit, it's, it got renewed. So maybe this is just something that happens every year for 24 Yeah, they, they probably contact Fox and say, you know, 24 is going to be taken off of our you know, or list. Do you want to renew it? And they probably say, "Yeah, we want to renew it." You know, we got another season coming up here. We want people to actually be watching it. So that's what's going on. We'll probably get some Blu-rays for the last two seasons, but yeah. Until then, season six we're going to be talking about on again on April fourteenth. We'll we'll see you then. Check out uh, our podcast on Stitcher Radio. Check out the review for Veronica Mars. Check out our review from Veronica Mars. Comment on our stuff on on WordPress, Stitcher, Potomatic. I could make a song. <laughs> Stitcher, Please Potomatic, or WordPress. It's Was like the the pokey uh, rap. The <laughs> it's the podcast rap. Right. Um. So we'll we'll catch you next time. Uh, Reddit us. Peace out. Sure. I am the the CTU agent Dave, and this is Andy. I am the analyst. And we will catch you next time on Smaller on the Outcast. Peace out. Wait, 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 wait. You just said Smaller on the Outcast. <laughs> on the Outcast. Wait. <laughs> smaller on the podcast. Smaller on the outside. Podcast on the outside. Smaller on the outside. Sotocast. Peace, Peace out. out. Thank you for listening to Smaller on the Outside. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and visit our website at sodapodcast.wordpress.com.